You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Good evening, welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. We've got the most handsome looking lineup ever on the show tonight. So come to our first chap, who's my co-host, Matt. We can follow on Twitter at Matt FF Dynasty. Good evening, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Thanks, Kev. Uh, had a good weekend, but more importantly, it's not about how I'm doing, Kevin. It's about how are you doing, obviously, recording on the Sunday before your beloved Eagles play with the chance to make it to the Super Bowl. How are you feeling, Kev? That's what we want to know. Yep, Championship Sunday. I'm feeling pretty calm about it, to be honest. I think being a one seed, being at home, if you've got nerves and you're, you're an underdog, I guess, maybe a Nick Foles. But um, I'd love a repeat of that tonight. We'll just have to see how it goes. will be a tough game. But we've got something more important to get through first. We've got this show. We've got an amazing show lined up. So that's my priority number one. Eagles will be second. Maybe we'll cheer in Brocky later on tonight, but hopefully not. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to move on to our second amazing co-host, Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Good evening, Ali. How are you? Good evening, Kev. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Looking forward to tonight's games. Obviously, an Eagles victory would be even better, so you're in a good mood for next week's show. Um, but yeah, no, I'm more excited about the show tonight. We've got a fantastic guest um, and a guy that hosts one of my favourite podcasts on the planet. So yeah, just really excited for tonight. Indeed we have, and let's get straight to him. Um, we've been all eagerly anticipating him coming back onto our show. So we have got the host of Dynasty Drive podcast, the co-host of the Rookie Big Board, the best voice and hair in the Dynasty world. He also produces some amazing Dynasty content as well. It's not just about the looks, it's about <laughs> the uh, substance behind uh, behind it as well. So we have a warm wildcard return to Anthony Carenti. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Good afternoon, Anthony. How are you? Good. How are you boys doing? I'm, uh, I'm excited to be back. Always happy to talk talk ball with y'all. <laughs> Indeed, we've got a we've got a topic for you today that really fits in with your knowledge, your skill set, and we're really intrigued to see how it goes down. So yeah, we've got um, we'll be completing a rerun of the 2022 rookie mock draft. Now that we know what we know, see what's changed, see where we're at, and see where we're essentially ranking the players that are just finished their rookie season um we are very uh, obviously gentlemanly here at fantasy work i'm going to give you as the uh, as the guest the opportunity to go first and take the odd numbers and we'll alternatively take the even numbers so you've got the 101 anthony let us know your thoughts on who you're going to take at the 101 in this uh, rerun of a rookie mock draft from last year well i, I hate to be chalk but i'm gonna you know <laughs> As a Homer Jets fan, I would be doing a disservice to myself. I said it before rookie drafts kicked off. Well, it's not often in my life with the 101 I've had the chance to take a Jets player. I'm still going to take Brees Hall at 101. Uh, I'm fortunate that you know he got hurt, went down with the industry or with the injury, but um, when he was out there was special. Was first in the league in yards per touch, third in the league in true yards per carry, second in the league breakaway run rate. Uh, him and him and Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt in the same game, unfortunately, and the the run game kind of went to uh, to hell in a handbasket. But I think, by all accounts, it seems like he's going to make a full recovery ahead of schedule, and is a truly special uh, talent at the running back position. So, despite the ACL injury, I'm still going with Brees Hall at 101. 
yeah, I think it's an absolute slow pick. It would have been my winner one as well. I think just with what he put on the field um, in the in that stretch, uh, really consistent, really showing high upside. Um, he's maintained his value pretty much, staying near the top of dynasty rankings, which I think is fair play to him. We've seen other guys like, say, Travis Etienne last year that his value plummeted after the injury. Granted, we've not seen anything on the actual field, but um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of hype, a lot of buzz about the uh, the Jets running back. It could have been another Jets player went for it at the 101, but um, I was expecting the Jets to, to, to begin with. Um, brief topic, come to you first, Matt. Where would you be? Would you have been going that way as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be taking Brees Hall at the, at the 101 still here. It was the consensus 101 before the season started. And even after this year with the, the obviously the tough injury, the ACL injury that he, he had during the, the middle of the season, I still think that that, talent, that little glimpse that we got so in, in the, the few games before he got hurt, I mean, boy, did he look special. Some of the runs that he were breaking off, incredible. I think he's going to be elite running back for, for many years. Obviously, there's the, the injury to overcome, but once he comes back, once he's back to, to full health, yeah, the talent is incredible and he's got to be the 101 still. Any different from you, Ali? No, none at all. He's he's my current dynasty wide uh, running back one before a certain Ooh. guy gets drafted this season, uh, this this <laughs> draft. But um, but yeah, a, a great guy that showed an immense amount in the, in the short time that we saw him on the field. Um, I think that offense is going to be pretty spicy, pretty sexy going forward, um, especially if they do get one of these veteran quarterbacks um, next season, I think the offense is going to be absolutely humming. So, yeah, for me, it's a it's a smash pick and easily the one one. You've absolutely nailed it to begin with, Anthony. I just got a quick question on Hall. Would he would it be a round one startup pick in in your dynasty startup? So is he is he not quite there yet based on running back value and coming back from injury? Superflex. Yeah. Probably, I'd take him round two. I don't think he sneaks into round one for me just with the quarterbacks and couple of the receivers and then, you know, tight end premium or not. But I feel good about taking Brees Hall like early to mid round two in startups. Yeah, yeah guys. Uh, New York Jets fan. <laughs> Middle of round two, early round two in your startups. If, you do, if you're a crazy psycho doing startups yeah. in January. Already did one. <laughs> Already did one. We'll, we'll fire up another one soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So we're going to move on to the 102 now. Uh, the first pick of the, the Wildcat boys, and it's Matt up at the 102. Who have you got as the second pick? Yeah, so with the 102, I mean, I could I could have really sucked up to Anthony and when we mentioned one Jets player that could have maybe gone 101, I could have been very tempted to, to maybe take another guy at the 102, but I'm not. I'm going to stick to actually who I had as my 102 um, before the NFL season kicked off. That's running back Kenneth Walker for the Steelers. Um, I, I preached it all off-season. I think that the positional value that you get at running back and when these guys hit, you, you always see that the value spikes and they become a, a desirable asset because they're so young and, and because they say because it's such a scarce position at, at running back. So yeah, even now I think at one oh two I'm still taking Kenneth Walker, despite the fact that a lot of wide receivers have hit as as rookies this year. I still think what Kenneth Walker brings when he when he got onto the field, obviously it kind of took a bit of a, a rough injury to, to Rashad Penny. Kenneth Walker wasn't getting too many looks at, at the start of the year, but once he got onto the field. He was that elite running back that we all knew he would be. We even got to see some some glimpse in the receiving game. Many people questioned if he, he had it in him. We, we got to see little glimpses of that. So maybe moving forward, he can he can get some more opportunities in the receiving game as well. But as a pure runner, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker looked amazing in fantasy. I think now I'd argue that he's, he's a top five dynasty running back, maybe even higher. So 
Anthony McDuffie, do you think he's a, a top five running back after what we've seen from his, his rookie season? Yeah, I have him as running back four right now. I have Hall at three. Um, so both of those guys are in my top five right now. I was um, big, big fan of Kenneth Walker coming in. Was a little shocked he landed in Seattle, but worked out great for them. And uh, Gino and Kenneth Walker kind of revitalized that offense a little bit. And yeah, no reason to not be super excited moving forward. I have no problem taking him as a top five running back. Yeah, I'll, we'll move to Ali and get your thoughts on Kenneth Walker and see where you're at, him as, where you're at on him. <laughs> is he in your top five? Uh, yeah, I think he is. He's in a big. T- I think I've got six guys in a in a tier of their own at the top. Um, so absolutely love him. Obviously, he's called Kenny, so I fell in love with him straight away. But but yeah, what he showed was was great. I was shocked as well for him to be drafted there. Obviously, they do love to run the ball. And I was a big Rashad Penny fan. Um, but obviously, it, it worked out really well with Walker and what he brought to the team and, and really helped them carry them t- towards the playoffs with, with Gino and them two good wide receivers. So, yeah, it's easily the 102. I was, me and Matt were preaching for him to go 102 in the rookie drafts. Um, last season and and yeah it worked out if you if you went that way so yeah great pick yeah agreed I, i'm just so pleased that kind of walk went number two not because uh, i'm low on the wide receivers as such but just the, that was my process last off season of going hall and then walker just based on i thought it could be something special now for four or five weeks it didn't look that way but then once penny injury um hit then yeah we did see that so Really pleased it's staying true to form and I actually got something right for a change. So we're going <laughs> to swiftly move on to the 103 back to Anthony. Um, yeah, give me a big Anthony. I mean, coming. I'm, I'm not going to abandon the brand now. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been Garrett Wilson then. It's Garrett Wilson now. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I have a lot left to say about Garrett Wilson, but... <laughs> He's somebody I loved coming in, was pretty easily my wide receiver one uh, in the 2022 class. And, I mean, the guy racked up 1,100 yards with maybe the worst quarterback situation in football. Um, So (laughs) I think we get a real quarterback throwing Garrett Wilson the ball next year, whether that's Rodgers, Carr, Garoppolo, whatever veteran you want to drop in there. I think the ceiling is astronomical for Garrett Wilson moving forward, like – not far off from a, you know, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase kind of ceiling. Um, Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver six right now in dynasty rankings. Honestly, there's real chance that goes higher. That was me trying to like nerf it a little bit, not like being, being real with myself, but uh, yeah, he's a stud. He was a target monster. There's no reason to think it's going to slow down. Garrett Wilson still wide receiver one. And Ali, where where are you at on Garrett Wilson? Is he someone that you're looking at in Dynasty and you like what you see or is it something where you feel that maybe maybe the QB upgrade doesn't happen? Maybe he's stuck with maybe someone that's maybe not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if he gets stuck with Mike White, that's not too bad for me. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I think he's going to get the quarterback upgrades. Absolutely love the guy. I think he's a top top seven, top eight wide receiver for me as well. yeah, I think and the, the the ceiling's really high as well. I think he has the ability to get into maybe a tier above where he is right now as well. I think he can be easily their wide receiver one, which was frustrating for me because I was big on Elijah Moore. That's faded away now, and Garrett Wilson's definitely the the wide receiver one there. And yeah, he'd easily be my my rookie wide receiver one if I was drafting this this draft again last year. 
Yeah, and we'll come to you, Matt, um, on the ceiling, really, on Garrett Wilson's ceiling. What, what can he be in Dynasty? What's the highest he can get in Dynasty rankings? Yeah, I mean, in, in rankings, I think he can get right up to being a top six wide receiver in, in Dynasty. I think what we've, we've seen from his, his rookie season, and, and we've spoke about Anthony, how, how high he was on and Garrett Wilson. I remember during the NFL draft laughing to myself when his Jets selected the, the guy that he was so high on um, when, we, <laughs> when we spoke about these, these rookies. <laughs> Um, coming in, and it was funny as well that then they went and ruined my dream with Michael Carter as well when they when they selected free soul. So it's funny how uh, Anthony got the highs and I got the lows of, of the, the recent <laughs> draft of the Jets. But um, yeah, I think in terms of Garrett Wilson, the talent that he's got, um, yeah, it is unbelievable. And I think, like Anthony mentioned, if we can get a, a stable quarterback behind, not this merry-go-round of, of QBs coming in and, and kind of seeing ebbs and flows of his, his ability, um, I think with a solid quarterback, yeah, I think he, he can go, he can go far. Indeed, and I've got a question for Anthony, actually, just because he's obviously super high on Wilson, he nailed that pick, he's got a spot on. I just need to know, what do you look for in a wide, wide, wide receiver when you're scouting rookies? Because uh, my wide receiver record's terrible, uh, so anything <laughs> you can share to help me get better, please do. The biggest thing for me, and like I get, I feel like it's easy to kind of get, I don't want to say like shade thrown your way on it, because there's not real, like, a super easy metric to identify with it but i want a guy that is regularly creating separation at the college level i think if you could separate in college it's easier to expect you to separate at the pro level when you know, when coverage you know rightfully tightens up a little bit more garrett wilson was so smooth in everything that he did and i think there was a, a like a moment in time where people thought that he wasn't fast or that he wasn't going to run fast um, and then people started to come back around after he ran sub four, four at the combine, but I don't get as hung up on like the size profile or is he a big guy? Cause I think the NFL has shifted away from that. You don't need to be, you know, six, three, six, two, whatever, and 200 plus pounds to, to show out the way that the game is kind of predicated on space and, uh, you know, kind of creating yards after contact or yards after catch. So that's the stuff I look at. Obviously, strong hand, like consistent hands. There wasn't a lot for me to poke holes in in Garrett Wilson. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, we, we can't call this a Homer Simpson pick. Can we? Got, <laughs> I mean, the fact they play for Iowa State must have played a little part in it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just draft Ohio State wide receiver. Like, that's, that's also what I look for. Did they play for the Buckeyes? <laughs> oh, I love that. We'll. Uh... We're going to move on to the 104 now, and the, the last thing you said um, on smooth wide receivers that wait for the, uh, for the Buckeyes. Um, Ali, what should you pick at 104? Yeah, I'm not just giving it away a bit there, but yeah, it is <laughs> someone that is smooth as they come. Um, it's Chris Alave, um, easily the next wide receiver on my list. And someone I was actually I was down on when, when coming out in the draft. Not down on, but he was he's probably the lowest guy in, in the tier that we had at the top. And behind Williams, behind Traylon Burks, but he's certainly up there now uh, alongside Garrett Wilson. I mean, I think coming in, he had some question marks on whether he could be an alpha type wide receiver. I know a lot of people don't like that saying, but um, whether he could be that that dominating guy. And a lot of people thought he'd be a good foil opposite Michael Thomas. Obviously, that didn't work out. Michael Thomas missing most of the season, um, but Chris Olave is absolutely balled out for the Saints, um, and that's with Andy Dalton at quarterback. He's pretty much carried that offense. 119 targets in his rookie season um, really impressed me. Um, I've had, I've got Pelters on Twitter for having him just outside my top 12 wide receivers in dynasties, wide receiver 13. Um, but I think there's scope for him to get into that that tier above going forward. So if you did draft him 
sort of the mid round, mid first round in the rookie season last year, then I think you're really happy at wide receiver that is in a lot of people's top 12 already, but certainly the scope to move up. I think you can just set and forget he's, he's such a good polished route runner. He's, he's everything that you want in a wide receiver. So, yeah, if they do improve their quarterback position going forward, then that's even better for Chris Alave's ceiling. Um, and yeah, the, the sky's the limit with, with Alave. So, um, for me, he has to be picked here. Um, above the other wide receivers. Um, but interesting for you, is there, I've got a question for you, Anthony. Is is he your next wide receiver on the list? Is he in a, is he sort of a top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty for you or is he just outside? He's in my top 12. I have him wide receiver eight. Okay. So I had Wilson six and I have Tyreek Hill right in between. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we. He's an interesting one, is Lave, because he, he's had a very similar season to Garrett Wilson, but actually there is a bit of a discount in in yeah. startups. Um, some some it's basically just like getting the the arbitrage play to get a little bit on top, I guess. But um, but yeah, Matt, where where are you on Lave? Is he in your top top twelve? Well, I'd say he's definitely risen because um, I wasn't as high as what like, a lot of you were on, on Chris Olave when he came in as a, as a rookie. Well, I thought Garrett Wilson was great. Chris Olave, I just couldn't quite get him up in, in that same tier. But he's, yeah, he's proved me wrong in what he's done this past year with, with the Saints. Um, he's looked fantastic and kind of a bit of a similar situation to Garrett Wilson in terms of the quarterback play. He's not been elite what he's had to deal with. Obviously, he had um, James Winston at the start of the year, then, then switching to, to, to Andy Dalton later on. It's not been the most ideal start to him, but kind of got helped out with the fact that Michael Thomas going down earlier. That kind of elevated him to that that key role for for the Saints, and and with that, with the opportunity he got, he took full advantage. So I think you've you've got to say yeah that he's got to definitely be up there. I've probably got him a little bit like Ali, maybe just outside my top twelve, maybe around that twelve spot. But um, yeah, I think the potential with with, that, with as I say, the fact that he is going to be that clear wide receiver one now moving forward. And he's going to see plenty of opportunity. So, yeah, I think top 12 is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, it's interesting. These rookie wide receivers that have hit, a lot of them have got uh, quarterback upgrades to come as well. So it's been a, an awesome class. And it might not be the, the end of it. We've seen it could be even, even better than we, we know at the moment. So um, really interesting indeed. And I'm not going to try and spoil the pick this time like I did previously. Um, but, yeah, we're going to move on to the 105 now. Back to Anthony. And, uh, yeah, tell us who you got. All right, 105, I'm going to take a guy I hope is getting a quarterback upgrade in uh, Drake London, the wide receiver for Atlanta. Um, I think Drake London is a real case of kind of how this happens, it seems like, every year where, you know, we had Olave ball out, we had Garrett Wilson ball out, and then Drake London, by comparison, you know, falls a little short of the metrics those guys put up or the stats those guys put up. Drake London still had almost 900 yards on a, a pretty bad Atlanta team that started Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, who no offense to Desmond Ritter, but I'm not a, not a huge fan or believer in him as the long-term solution. I think London is a guy that we could see kind of take that kind of like Michael Pittman esque like step with a little bit of a, a quarterback upgrade. I think he's a guy that can consistently go just over a thousand. The touchdown number probably goes up um, with better quarterback play. He's somebody that's still he'll go into his age 22 season. He's a young kid, uh, and I think we haven't seen the best of him for sure. So London was how I would have had the wide receivers stacked pre-draft. I'll still take London here. 
uh, didn't see anything to to sour me on him in his rookie season. Yeah, I think London's target share, his dominator rating was outstanding, the best in the class, I believe, actually. So, yeah, I think if he can obviously get a QB upgrade like like, yeah. like most of the guys, then uh, he, he could be a sneaky value in my eyes. I think he's someone that I've, I've not had a lot of just based on he was in most rookie drafts going at wide receiver one. Um, and the way it fell, I, I wasn't taking sort of he was going like the one or two in a lot of places before I kind of thought which is why I didn't get a ton of him um but yeah someone I will be targeting this off mm-hmm. off season um Matt what's your thoughts on Drake London were you high low on him what are your thoughts moving forward someone to target yeah I mean I, I'll be honest I wasn't super high on him as a, as a prospect but then obviously when he got selected so early in the NFL draft it kind of forced my hand a little bit in bumping him up my rankings because getting that kind of Draft capital showed that Atlanta clearly wanted him to be a big part of that offense. So um, I did move him up a little bit like you mentioned, Kev. I think I didn't get too many shares. I believe I got one. And that's because, like you said, it felt like um, you were going to have to get him at that 102 spot, maybe 103, but I was high on trail on Burks. So um, I was never really going to move away from Burks to to get London, but I did get a share or two just in, in case. And yeah, like Anthony mentioned, I think in, in the circumstance and the situation that he had with the the quarterback play, um, I think he did he did fairly fairly well as a as a rookie. I can see the upside there moving forward. He's going to be a big part of, of this offense. Um, we know it's going to be a, a quite a run heavy offense with uh, Arthur Smith there as the as a head coach. We know he likes to run the ball, but um, yeah, I still think there's upside there with the, the volume that you should see. Indeed, and Ali, you're a Southerner. Are you a fan of London? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Fan of Drake as well, so put the two together. And <laughs> you got a great plan. <laughs> like, you you know my love for Drake London. He was my wide receiver three pre-draft and wide receiver one post-draft. So, um, yeah, he started off the first few weeks. He was absolutely on fire, and then he dropped back a little bit. And a lot of people have forgot how good he was the first few weeks. That scheme in Atlanta is incredibly frustrating. So, um, yeah, can't see it changing much next year. Um, but let's get this this team a quarterback like like a Lamar Jackson would be really exciting for for the weapons there. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard that rumor making uh, making a bit of steam recently. So we'll have to watch this space and see how it goes. But I'm going to move on to the 106 now. It's my pick, and it was pretty tough actually. It was coming down to two players. I think the 105 is the end of the tier break for me in this this draft. Now we're doing it again. So um, I've drawn the short straw somehow. But yeah, the guy I'm going to go for, um, I'm taking Traylon Burks, slightly ahead of Christian Watson for me. Um, It's too early for me to give up on Burks just based on the fact that it was my wide receiver one coming out. That was pre and post. And then just looking a little bit deeper, some of the metrics aren't great. Like he didn't do a ton ton with Bobby Woods as the main competition, Westbrook, Keane, etc. That is a little bit worrying. So is the fact that he got three separate injuries. First one was to do with, well, I guess his asthma and his lack of conditioning. That was a bit of a bit of an issue. Then he had the the turf toe, and then he got a, a concussion against my Eagles actually later on in the season. So a little bit of bad luck in there, but not something you want to see. But I'm just going to bank on the talent, the fact that it's too early for me to give up on him. Plus, you do look a little bit deeper. He had Ryan Tannehill for some of the season. He had. Malik Willis for a few games. He also had Josh Dobbs as well. So it wasn't set. They couldn't build a chemistry with anybody. I think 
sort of over the last four games with Tannehill, he had a couple of wide receiver two performances. He had a hundred yard game as well. So there is signs that it was piecing together, but no fluidity there. So yeah, I'm happy to give him a pass this year. I'm not out on him yet, but I think he's got to show something in those first six weeks. Otherwise, I'll be looking to pivot and move off um, Burks at, um, and hopefully try and salvage a bit back in his value. So I just want to ask you, Anthony, like if you've got a prospect that you, you've ranked highly and he does have a miss in his first season, at what point would you be looking to move off him? Is it one season you're done? Do you give him half a season extra, two years? Uh, when do you generally tend to um, sort of remove the take lock and get off your guy? I think it's a little dependent, but I agree with what you said. Like I wasn't the, I don't want to say like I was out on Burks. I definitely wasn't as high as some other people were, but even for me, like I, I'm still, I'm still into a degree. I think it's right to give them, you know, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks next year and hope that you see something. I think after that, you know, the odds start diminishing and decreasing a little bit uh, and in hopes of seeing what you expected to see. Um, but it's, it's pretty hard for me to want to just move off a guy entirely after one rookie year. I think that could be messy sometimes. Not saying I don't do it ever, um, but you got to kind of do it with conviction and know that if you're wrong, <laughs> you're missing the cell window. Like <laughs> That's the risky business part of it. So I think more often than not, I'm at least giving him till some point in the second season. Yeah, I can just see Matt's face there, and I know he's thinking Nikhil Harry. Like, I can just oh see it in his face. <laughs> we'll swiftly move on. We're going to keep in this huge wide receiver tier. We're going to go back to Anthony at the 107. Um, I'm assuming you go wide receiver, which one you take him? Yeah, just letting the wide receiver run keep on, uh, keep going. I'm going to take George Pickens at 107. Um, Pickens was somebody that, for me, Fell too far in rookie drafts last year. Fell too far in the NFL draft. I thought he was a round one wide receiver, um, both in rookie drafts and in fantasy, or excuse me, both in rookie drafts and in the NFL draft. Um, and he had a pretty impressive rookie year. I mean, not a huge, like not the same target share that guys like London or Wilson or Olave had, but on 84 targets and only 52 catches, still had over 800 yards. And the chemistry with him and Pickett kind of came on a little bit more down the stretch. I think we could see some, some changing of the guard there where he's the preferred kind of target or the one, a to Deontay Johnson's one B moving forward. Um, and I mean, he can, to me, it's like he wins downfield. I, I'm also a sucker for like the, just like the physical kind of nature of his game. Like I, I don't, I don't care if he's a hothead, like it does that doesn't bother me at all about him. Um, but yeah, he was 19th in the league in air yards, seventh in deep targets, third in the league in average target distance with 15.6. Those are valuable targets. It's going to lead to more touchdowns. Uh, the touchdowns are coming. More yards will be coming. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes over 1,000 next year and pushes that touchdown number to seven, eight, nine, something like that. I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy, but I think him and Pickett, uh, you know, Pickett didn't do anything to lose that job or lose like a stranglehold on it and him and him and pick or excuse me pick it and uh pick ins have a good good relationship worth keeping an eye on moving forward yeah he's such an enticing guy just with what he put on as a freshman and the, the sort of nature of the splash play and the, the physicality the block run blocking highlights <laughs> that we, we saw he's just a menace and staring at the screen like a psychopath when he got drafted <laughs> just 
Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of things to love about him as a fan. He moved way up my rankings as soon as that happened. I was like, this guy's a nut job. Move him up. <laughs> Move him up the rankings. <laughs> oh, I love that. We'll, we'll come to your alley on pickings. Um, is there any concerns that Deontay Johnson nearly had double his targets in his uh, rookie season? Or do you think it gets a lot closer moving forward? Yeah, I'd expect it to get a bit closer going forward. Deontay Johnson is that PPR monster. Um, but then he also wasn't the red zone monster that he that he can be. Um, so I think with Pickens has got so much untapped potential in that offense, and you got to hope that Kenny Pickett takes a step forward in year two. And and them to as Anthony mentioned, that the chemistry looked pretty good towards the end of the season. So yeah, I'd still be still be really hard on George Pickens going forward. Um, he's got a lot of scope to to go up in the dynasty rankings. I think so. Um, yeah, great pick. Yeah, you've done a good job there, Anthony. We're going to now move on to come back to Matt at the 108 and maybe we're going to stick in the wide receiver area. Matt, who's your pick at the 108? Yeah, we spoke a little bit, Kevin. You mentioned about Traylon Burks and that kind of Tate Lock thing. You can maybe label me with this one because um, I'm sticking at wide receiver. I'm going for the wide receiver that I had on my 102. Um, my wide receiver too, sorry, in, in, his, in, the, in my rookie rankings, and that's Jameson Williams. Now, I know... We've not seen a great deal from, from Jameson Williams in his rookie season, but we all knew that, I think, coming into the year, we, we knew that he was going to miss a large part of his, his rookie season due to the injury that he picked up at, at the back end of, of, his, of his college career. So the, the expectations were low in terms of production, but, I mean, we, we saw the upside immediately. The first game that he came back, catching that, that touchdown pass, and then as well the second game, inches away from another huge bomb of a, of a touchdown if he wasn't sadly just underthrown by Jared Goff. But... I'm still a huge fan of, of the potential upside in, in Jameson Williams and what he can offer, um, being a, a bigger part of this Detroit offer, Detroit offense moving forward into next year. We know Amara St. Brown, he's going to be the guy that's going to see the high amount of volume. He's going to be that that volume monster. But I think Jameson Williams, he can really take a hold of being that that explosive guy. We saw DJ Chark have quite a, a successful Great. season. Kev, I know you'll be, you'll be super excited by your favourite wide receiver having a, a pretty solid season, but we saw flashes from him. And I mean, if we compare comparing Chark to, to Jameson Williams, it's it's comparing apples and oranges, to be honest. I, am, I want Jameson Williams. And yeah, I just feel when he comes back 100%, I'm, I'm kind of clinging here to, to what I was preaching at the start of the year. And I'd be a fool to say, because I knew that it was coming with risk, having him that high. Um, with the fact that we weren't going to see too much in his rookie season. So I'm still holding on to, to what I believe what I saw from him as a as a prospect and coming into the NFL and what he can offer when given the, the opportunity moving forward. So, yeah, I'm su- still super high on Jameson Williams. And Anthony, I'm interested to know, how does he fit into your dynasty rankings? Obviously, given the fact that we've not seen a great deal from, from his rookie season, all these other rookie wide receivers around him having really solid years. Um, are, you, are you fairly high on him in dynasty or are you concerned? Um, given the fact that he didn't do too much this this season. I'm not super concerned. I probably don't have him as high as I would, you know, if he never had the injury or anything like that. Uh, but I also think that's a point worth mentioning. Like, we kind of knew we weren't going to see a whole yeah. lot coming into the year. Um, and when I took Pickens, I thought about taking Jamison Williams because I did have Williams higher than Pickens. Um I have Williams right now, wide receiver 25. Um, we're kind of right around that same area where like, I have Pickens 21, um, a couple of the other rookies right around there. But I think that hopefully we see a lot of the splash plays that we got used to seeing that last year uh, with Alabama. Because like you said, it'll be Amon Ra getting the, getting the, getting the targets. 
but we know Williams can win deep. We know he can get vertical. And uh, the Lions offense is high-powered. I hope that the Lions offense turns into an offense that supports like two top 20 wide receivers because that would be just something that anybody who says they saw it coming two years ago is a liar. Um, So that would be fun. But, yeah, I I still think the future is bright for Jameson Williams. Too early to quit on him. I'm not going to say anything just yet. I'll just, <laughs> just go to Ali and say, obviously, with Williams, let's say his market value is wide receiver 17. Um, Anthony had him as his wide receiver 25. Are you closer to the market or close to Anthony on, on Jameson? Well, I'm actually closer to Anthony. Actually, he's a low wide receiver too for me. Um, but but I, I do remain really high on Jameson Williams. The only, the only concern was just the amount of time that he did have off. It looked like he was close to coming back. Then it was the next week. Then it was the next week. Then we finally did see him. But I think it's just a case of the Lions offense had plenty of weapons anyway. Um, they weren't really looking like they were going to compete halfway through the season. So there's no rushing him back. Um, it, I think they penciled him in for a big a big return into, into 2023. Um, I think he will be a bigger part of their offense going forward. So um, with with the upside that I think he's got, I'm still, I'm still remaining pretty high on James Williams. Yeah, I'm going to be the uh, <laughs> the one throwing the shade now. All I'm going to say is I think at his value, wide receiver seven in a cube trade cut, I think it's too much of a risk with the options going around him. I think I'd rather let someone else find out. We know that um, that phrase where there's a guy with a graph about finding out and from <laughs> if you've seen it, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Just let someone else have a look at that lottery ticket. I mean, uh, yeah, there's plenty of good options for me, but 17 is too rich for me. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point, though, because we all said um, during when he came in as a, as a rookie that right, you don't want to take him super high in rookie drafts because you can buy a low on him when, when he's not played, when owners become frustrated. And now we've seen his value actually, <laughs> I think it's creeped up a little bit, even though he's barely, yeah. barely yeah. played. So I think it's it's interesting. We always get this mentality right, with Carl Pitts as well in his, his rookie season and say, oh, you can get him mid season. It, it just doesn't play out that way all the time. Yeah. People are very stubborn when it comes to when they've selected these guys in. In the rookie, yeah. the 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 buy low window on Kyle Pitts <laughs> still hasn't opened. People swear yeah. it has, but it has not. <laughs> yeah, Jameson Williams. It reminds me a bit of Trey Lance, where he, he played like a game and a half in his rookie season, mm-hmm. and then kept his value, if not went up a little bit. So yeah, yeah Lance's so, yeah. value went crazy last year. Yeah, we'll have to see where it is this off season with uh, Rocky. I'll, t- but, I'll uh... tell you what, in the one startup <laughs> that I did, too high. It's too high. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So 109, now we're going to come back to you, Anthony. And uh, we were just on about a wide receiver, a bit of risk. Going to keep it there, I believe. Yeah. Uh, a guy that I have almost no exposure to, honestly. I'm going to take Christian Watson from the Green Bay Packers. I didn't have – I had hardly any of Christian Watson because I had so many guys ahead of him, even post-draft. Let's, um, post-draft, he was my – it was my wide receiver 10 post-draft. I was not the biggest Christian Watson fan. Uh, I thought he was just too raw for me to take a risk on where he was going to go or be priced out a lot of times in rookie drafts. And probably somebody that, in turn, I'll target more in startups this year. I don't have it in front of me where he's going in startups right now, but I'd, I'd wager I'm probably a little more willing to take that risk just on playing like the startup ADP game than I was last year in rookie drafts. But, I mean, we saw the touchdowns come in bunches for him. Obviously, it, there'll be some uh, some projection there. If he's catching catching balls from Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers, we'll have to see how that goes. But he made a quicker transition to the game than I expected. 
uh, once they started kind of using him and, uh, Hey, you're big, you're fast, win downfield and go get it. Uh, it started to work for him a little bit. So still some kind of uh, nuance to his game that he has to work through and get better at, but it was honestly a better rookie season than I expected. So I will, uh, I'll write my wrongs from the past and I'll take <laughs> Christian Rotson here in round one of this here redraft since I didn't do it at all last year. <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. I didn't get much of him where he was going. I think there's a lot of guys. Um, I've got quite a bit of Dotson. Um, got some Sky Moore, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> don't think we'll see him on this show. But yeah, we'll <laughs> come, come, to, come to you, Matt, on uh, Christian Watson. Just with the the massive rumours that Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay, how much would that affect his dynasty rankings for you from where he is now to where it would be after that news? I think it's got to affect it. I mean, going from one of the best quarterbacks ever play the game to, to who knows what is it, Jordan Jordan Love next year. I mean, what we've seen from from Jordan Love when he's played, it's it's not going to be pretty, I don't think. Um, I do think it's interesting that, like Anthony mentioned, that Watson can does that have ability to be used in, in different ways. We've seen him take a few jet sweeps, just using him and his athleticism a, a lot. So there's there's going to be opportunities there, but as I say, I think going from from one of the best quarterbacks ever played to to somebody that's barely played a, an NFL snap, if if Jordan Love becomes the, the starting quarterback for for the Packers, it's a concern. But not just that as well. You'd like to think that the Packers are going to eventually add some more weapons to to this offense. <coughs> Obviously, there was only really Christian Watson they brought in, they brought in Romeo Dobbs as well later on in the draft. But beyond that, and um, Alan Lazard as well, kind of showed flashes, but didn't really do anything substantial. So. I just feel like the opportunity could maybe decrease as well moving forward if if the Packers finally do start to, to bring in some more some more weapons on on this offense. So I think long term you, you've got to have some concerns with Christian Watson. Yeah, he's a polarizing guy. Someone that you're going to make a lot of money on, or you're going to lose a lot of money. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes on that one. And speaking of making them a lot of money or losing a lot of money, one time we're going to come to you, Ali. Who you got? Well, I presume we're doing a super flex draft, so we need to get a quarterback in here somewhere. Come on. <laughs> Even if it is this guy and Kenny Pickett, um, someone that you were super high on, banging the drum for him all last offseason, Kev. Not really. But, uh, <laughs> but no, just the fact with that with that draft capital that he's got, um, yeah, we all know that he didn't look great in his rookie season. What, seven touchdowns? I think it was nine picks. Um, that doesn't look great on him, but I think he he managed the game quite well for the Steelers. I think the Steelers won um, quite a few close games. I think Kenny Pickett limited mistakes generally on the whole. Um, so I'm not too not too fussed at, at Kenny Pickett. I've got a couple of shares when I took him mid first round. Um, I just wanted to to grab a couple of shares just because I think there is still a lot more to come from Kenny Pickett. We know that the Steelers organization they're fairly. Fairly stable organisation. They don't tend to change quarterback very often. I think Kenny Pickett's going to get himself easily a good chance next season to prove what he can do. Um, and we're just hoping that he takes that that year two step where a lot of times the, the NFL gets it slows down for these rookies. Um, and I think Kenny Pickett can come into his own next season. We know that there is a couple of exciting pass catchers in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And he's also got, obviously, Najee Harris, who they can utilise out of the backfield. So I think... Um, I think the signs are not too bad for Kenny Pickett. Obviously, you, you don't want him as your quarterback one in, in Dynasty. Um, you probably didn't want him as quarterback two in Dynasty, but you could, if he is that sort of quarterback two, quarterback three fringe, then you're probably fairly happy with that. And I think he's someone that can take a bit of growth next year. Hopefully, the O-line is is planned better. Um, and yeah, and he just takes that year two, year two step. Um, so, Anthony, my question is, 
would Kenny Pickett still be a first rounder for you? Um, and also, where would he rank in if you ranked him in the 2023 class the Snow Cup come in? I'd still say he's a first rounder. This is where I'd feel like good taking him. And this was where I felt like okay taking him last year too. Like, you know, 108 and on, something like that, depending on, you know, specific rosters and stuff like that. Um, I do think they'll be patient with him. And I think even if he lives, like you said, on that quarterback two, quarterback three kind of fringe or borderline, those guys are still valuable and super flex. And people get, I think, sometimes quick to throw those guys out. Uh, and then you get a year like this past year where guys that lived on that quarterback two, quarterback three fringe return quarterback one value, right? Like how many people faded Jared Goff or Daniel Jones and a lot of rosters that won a lot of games with quarterback situations that looked pretty gross uh, coming into the year. So pick it as somebody I would still say is a first rounder. That said, I would have him definitely behind uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and I'd probably on – not not probably on upside alone. I'd have Anthony Richardson ahead of him. Um, Will Levis, it becomes like that interesting discussion of like, I'm not a huge Will Levis guy. I'm not a huge believer in the talent, but I think an NFL team is going to make a big investment in him. Um, I think he's going to go probably too high uh, in the NFL draft, and that'll push him up like rookie draft boards as well. So that's probably where it splits for me. I'd rather have... Young, Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and then it probably goes Pickett and then Will Levis. Yeah, I think the pick Pickett's a great value here at this point. We've been QB, we've been sort of, he's got like job security here. You'd imagine, just hoping that he's not a Zach Wilson in the sense that we thought he had job security in after a poor season. Um, well, yeah. it's, it's looking pretty, pretty ominous for him, but I think it's the right spot to be going after him. We're absolutely flying through this draft. It's the last pick. Of round one for yourself, Anthony, at the one eleven. Who we got? I am going to take Tampa Bay running back Rashad White, who is my running back three uh, post draft. I think the landing spot was good. I think the opportunity will increase. I'll save a little more of the specifics uh, for (laughs) for for another time. But Rashad White is somebody who I think I haven't valued like a running back two. He's my running back twenty one right now. Um, and I think they're the best is yet to come for Rashad White, who I was quite bullish on uh, coming into the draft and then through the process. I mean, he tested well at the combine, got the good draft capital. Yeah, Rashad White, somebody I'm still very firmly in on uh, and somebody that I would have been okay taking him late round one last year. I think a lot of the time he slipped into early round two, uh, which felt even better, but this was the spot that felt good last year after that big huge wide receiver run in the middle indeed i remember last year it was either rashad white or james cook um yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i guess i guess based on what's happening year one you'd have to give the edge to rashad white just based on flashing a little bit um he threw one threw a defender out of the stadium on a stiff arm uh, midway through the yeah. season really uh, <laughs> really exciting guy but i'm not going to go too deep into a shard white for reasons that may become apparent in about five minutes' time. <laughs> but we are going to go to the 112, the final pick of our mock draft. It's coming back to me. Hmm, this uh, this is a very interesting one. I could have gone a few ways. I thought Brock Purdy after he beats the Eagles tonight is a, is a potential <laughs> uh, wild card in there. But, ah, the old reverse uh, jinx. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see how that goes. 
I'm excited. People will know once they're listening to this, but <laughs> one twelve. I'm gonna follow my sword and take Damien Pierce. Um, I think the the sort of role he had, the volume he got was great. I think he looked awesome as an early down running back. Um, he's for this pick is more so about market value though for me. I think two down guy. He got thirty odd, thirty five receptions, but he didn't do a ton of ton with him. I think it was five yards per reception, which it's great if it's five yards per rush, but as a receiver, not explosive. There's no ties to this current regime that drafted him as a day three running back, which is a red flag as well. So I think the only reason I'm taking Damian Pierce at this spot, which I could have easily took a Jahan Dotson, who's probably got similar value, taking Pierce because in your leagues, there's always a one fool that will want to buy into Damian Pierce and think he is going to be the running back to to own in uh, in Houston he's going to maintain his value he's flashed up saw people paying 23 first for him in many of my leagues yeah um, last season which just absolutely mind blowing not even Ali would pay that for Damien Pierce <laughs> big fan, but but yeah I just I just want to get your thoughts Anthony if Damien Pierce was in this class Whereabouts would he go? Would he be like running back ten or something? Like, <laughs> oh wait, hold, hold on. Let me pull up. Let me pull up the the twenty three rankings for running backs where I have him so far. He would. I, I wow. mean, he he really might be like <laughs> not nine ten. Um, and I might have been too low on Pierce coming in too, but I think. A lot of what you said holds true for me too. There was that stretch during the middle of the year where people were like, people were kind of loudly banging the drum for like, yeah, trade 23 firsts for Damian Pierce. And it's like, I'm not trading 23 firsts for a running back on a bad team that was a day three pick that could just be replaced not that long from now. Um, so, yeah, like I, he's a, he's a fine player, but the, yeah, I, I could never. He's just somebody I I I don't think I have a single Damian Pierce share because it just was never at the right value for me. Um, and the twenty three class, I I was saying before we started recording, I love the depth at running back specifically. That there's a lot of guys that I think will carve out you know a solid NFL role, whether that's a solid early down role or more of like an all purpose role. And there's enough guys that can carve out a valuable role which I think is what Damian Pierce will have. He'll carve out a role, but I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy, like you said, that has a ton of the receiving work or is super explosive. He's a good, tough runner that is probably best as the early down part of a committee, and it wouldn't shock me if you know 2022 was you know, the most valuable season of his career. Maybe that's harsh, but um, yeah. Not, not, not going to be going out and trading my picks this year for Damian Pierce. <laughs> We'll just leave it there then. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's the end of, of the rookie mock draft. I will recap it for, for the listeners. So 101, we have Brees Hall, then Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, Traylon Burks. 107, George Pickens, then Jameson Williams, Christian Watson, Kenny Pickett, Richard White, and Damian Pierce. So we're now going to come on to the fantasy wildcard selection where we get our amazing guest Anthony to pick his fantasy wildcard, the player that will improve his value in Dynasty the most in 2023. So anybody who was listening pretty keenly might have a hint <laughs> to where we're going with this one or where I'm just going with this one. So please, Anthony, let the audience know who your fantasy wildcard selection is. Yeah, it's Rashad White. Um, I 
look, what I loved about Rashad White coming into last year was he was easily the best pass catching running back in last year's draft for me. He was super proven at it, could be used in a variety of ways, tested well at the combine. And then last year, we see him get 58 targets in his rookie year, and that was with Fournette getting 83 targets. Uh, so I think that, you know, Fournette, not to say he's a he's a nothing next year, but I think Fournette, as he, you know, turns 28, uh, you know, maybe gets phased out a little bit in favor of a younger, probably more explosive running back. And we know how valuable the targets, the catches, the receiving yards can be at the running back position. So from an upside standpoint and from a talent perspective, the the comp I kind of threw around loosely for Rashad White last year was I think this guy has some Lev Bell kind of qualities to him. Like as a super smooth, he glides a little bit, patient behind the line and the receiving ability with more of a workload than what he saw last year. I mean, he had 129 carries to Fournette's 189. And like we said, the 58 targets to Fournette's 83, those numbers start to flip a little bit. Uh, and of course, you're taking some projection on on who's playing quarterback for the Bucks. We don't know that yet. Uh, but I think on the receiving upside, he's somebody that will finish better than he did in 2022. I have him ranked as RB21 right now. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if... Not only does it move up like through the course of the season, but wouldn't shock me by the end of 2023 if he was ranked, you know, right on that running back one, running back two fringe as some of these other guys start to kind of age out and kind of value out at the position. So White is somebody I'm super in on. Uh, I drafted him as much as I could this year. I will be floating offers as much as I can uh, this offseason prior to the 2023 season kicking off because I'm going to try and do it before it gets too expensive because I think there's some people where you can kind of package him in a deal or make him not even necessarily like the focal point of a deal. If I can deal uh, one of those older kind of guys that I'm trying to sell off, like can you find somebody where you can sell say like a, a Dalvin cook or somebody like that and get back white plus uh, that's the kind of move I'm trying to make. Anthony, I'm loving every single word that you're saying right now as a, <laughs> as a, as a Buccaneers fan. <laughs> Especially when you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, and let's just hope we don't get the Le'Veon Bell that he was on the Buccaneers for a few games where he was just <laughs> god awful. Um, but yeah, Rashad White, I think, is a, an absolute great selection. If if you would have picked him as your wild card, I certainly would because um, I think when you get the dominoes fall in the off season, and it, I think there's a good chance that Tom Brady doesn't come back to the Buccaneers. I actually hope he doesn't come back because I think it puts our organization back a few years. Um, I think that there's talks in the in the Bucks media of, of Leonard Fournette being a cap casualty. Um, the Buccaneers have got the the second lowest amount of cap space of of the whole 32 NFL teams, um, so they're going to have to make some tough decisions next year. Um, and there's talks of a few players, and Leonard Fournette being one where they could save some money if they cut him. So, if if Tom Brady doesn't return and they go down a route of having a reset next year, which I hope we do, in and then look to to bounce back in 2024. Um, then I think Rashad White is going to play a big factor in, in the offense next season. I think he's going to anyway. Um, just looking at his performances this year, I was just banging the drum for him to be playing more over Leonard Fournette. Fournette is, was such a plodder this year, um, really not explosive. Um, still great pass catcher, but just didn't show much at all for us, whereas Rashad White looked explosive, looked really good. So, um, yeah, it's a great pick right now because, as you mentioned, you, you think he could be a, a, on a fringe RB1. I, I think that as well. I think he can easily be there, um, especially if Fournette gets 
gets cut or it gets phased out towards the end of the season. So for me, it's a, it's a great pick. Yeah, it's a great pick for me as well. I think Rashad White is probably the most I'm running about I have as well. Anthony in, in my rookie drafts last year, um, getting met that early second round spot. It was just felt like pure money. That receiving potential receiving upside that we saw in college and then going to, to the Buccaneers with Tom Brady at quarterback. I mean, we know how much Tom Brady loves to target the running back. We saw it with Fournette. Looking back further on James White, he, he just loves targeting the running back. So the fact that Rashad White was going there was a huge plus. And then looking forward, obviously these are concerns that if Tom Brady leaves, then what does that leave Rashad White, his situation? But let's just imagine if Tom Brady stays with the Buccaneers and Fournette leaves. Just imagine the work that get on the ground and with the receiving work. He could absolutely smash next year if given that kind of opportunity. It's, I know it's wishful thinking at this moment in time because there's rumours of, of Tom Brady moving on, but there's every chance that he stays. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to take that value where you can get him currently in Dynasty and the potential upside is is huge with somebody like Richard White. Yeah, I love this pick. I think the fact that he's in a great offence, I think even if Brady goes, there's still enough there that if as long as you get a fairly decent replacement, it's not just going to fall off a cliff with... <laughs> Evans and Codwin there. No tight end helps as well. Um, I mean, K.Dotton potentially in time, but I, I can't see him being a 60-catch guy in year two. So, a lot to like about Rashad White, I think, as a pass catcher. He really showed out. He got a couple of touchdowns through the air. Um, running, not amazing in terms of looking a little bit deeper at the metrics about his rushing performance, but end of the day, we're more concerned about the pass catching side and um, he's got the size, the, the dominance to really stand out in that area. I know that few people comped him to David Johnson uh, coming out mm-hmm. as a sort of under-the-radar raw prospects, day two guy, um, athlete freak. So it's a lot to like. I think a wild card selection is someone that's got a low value that can rise, and this is exactly what Rashad White could be as well. So, yeah, I think it's a cracking pick. He's got an awesome surname. Um, I just want to ask you a little bit about Rashad White. You said you target him sort of after 2023 drafts. I'm assuming when you say draft picks and later on in the season. But if you was targeting him now to get ahead of the curve before Fonette gets cut and his value spikes, what would you be willing to pay in terms of 2023 picks to, to get Rashad White early? If I was dealing them now... I, I wouldn't be dealing a 2023 first for him. Um, I'd be, if I could deal a 2023 second, you know, plus a mid-level, you know, like a mid-low level piece that was on my roster. That's something I would like to do. Um, I guess it depends how late my first is too. Like if they're, if it's the 112, you know, maybe. Like I, that's, I'm probably willing to entertain that. I, like I probably make a, a slightly lower offer to begin with. And if the, the other team counters with, Hey, give me the one twelve, and you can have them. How depending on how bad I need running back, I could see it happening. Cause I'm essentially making the call between, you know, Rashad white on my wa- roster versus whichever running backs fall that far, whether it's Tucker, Evans, Charbonnet, whoever's there. Um, so I guess, yeah, if it's like the 111, 112, I'd at least consider it. Ideally, it'd be something, you know, second round plus your, or maybe, you know, consecutive seconds, like a 2023 and a 2024 second. That's probably the offer I'd like to make. Love that. Love that advice to the, to the audience to get in early or to pivot a little bit like with one yeah. of the guys. So, um, yeah, you've got a thumbs up from all three of us for your selection there. Well Nailed done. it. <laughs> 
So yeah, that brings us to the end of today's show where we've completed a rerun of the 2022 Rookie Mock Draft. Uh, before you go, Anthony, please remind the audience where they can find you and anything you'd like to plug. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Always a great time. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Try and do an episode every week, but you know the schedule gets a little wonky sometimes with the the, the job, the kids. So I do the best I can. But uh, once a week, I have the Dynasty Big Board podcast over on the Rookie Big Board feed. That's me and uh, Ryan Searfoss hosting a Dynasty focused show as well. And uh, you can sign up at Patreon.com/slash Rookie Big Board for as cheap as three bucks a month. Uh, not only gain access to my Dynasty rankings, but uh, Ryan's dynasty rankings, Matt's rookie big board, uh, John Lobb's rookie rankings, a bunch of Debbie rankings from myself, Skip Newton, of course, Matt's Debbie rankings. So there's a ton of stuff for three bucks a month uh, and a discord that is frankly like it's obscene how active it is on a daily basis. I can't keep up with it most of the time. Uh, there's a ton of good talk in there, not just from us, but a, a ton of the patrons, you know, asking their own questions, giving their own advice. So really a good spot. So three bucks a month. Uh, at patreon.com slash rookie big board and uh yeah i appreciate you fellas always a good time to come on and talk rookies and uh revisit the stuff we were right about and we could skip over all the stuff we were wrong about <laughs> <laughs> no, love, love that anthony the fact that um i think it's resounding for most of you that you are elite tier in terms of guests and returning guests but um i'll i'll pass you over to uh, ali and matt now to give any final thoughts on station and we'll come to you first ali yeah, just want to say a big fan of, of the podcast, Anthony, a big fan of your hair and a big fan of the voice as well. So it was, <laughs> uh, it was an honor for you to come on and I'm not supposed to be biased, but you are one of my favorite guests that we have on. So yeah, really, it. really, really enjoyed it today. Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah, and just to echo what Alice said, really, we absolutely love you, Anthony. You, you must be the most visited guest on, on our show because what's this like four times now, including the stream funds as well? I mean, we absolutely <laughs> love having you on. I mean, it's, it's for the voice, we'll be honest, but it's also the, the knowledge that you have as well, Anthony. We, we do absolutely love you. And I think it's been a, a great show going over. Like, it's interesting to always look back after what a difference a year can make and seeing what these, these prospects do. So um, it's always good to, to revisit, like Anthony said. Yeah, what a great bloke. What an amazing personality, <laughs> charisma, knowledge. Um, I mean, we're all smiling now. You've you've brightened up the afternoon as such. You guys are too um, nice to me. Anytime I'm feeling anytime I feel down, I'm gonna come listen to this pod. <laughs> yeah. I'll clip this bit for you, Anthony, and send it. You don't worry about it. <laughs> well, just top it off as well. I'm in one league with Anthony and He's got the 112, which should tell you exactly what happened with that season. Maybe he'll be uh, spending that on Rashad White, maybe not, but we'll have to see in that particular league. But yeah, just, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, Anthony, and thank you to the audience for tuning in, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on YouTube at Fantasy Wildcard. Join us on Tuesdays for the podcast and the stream. Thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. 